Welcome back to Board Draw episode 60. And it's been a little while since you've seen our beautiful faces. We've had a little bit of a hiatus. Took a couple of weeks holidays. Two two holidays, two two illnesses. He's been ill. Come but on. we're back. And uh today it's episode 60, man. We are flying through these episodes. Come on. I hope you guys enjoyed our episode with Don Robbie. Big shout out to AFTV and all them, man. Really Thank you for everyone showing support. And still, the giveaway is running because two weeks have gone in the Prem since that's happened. And Martinelli, our boy, sadly hasn't got himself on the score sheet. He's had, he's had some opportunities, some decent sadly performances. Sadly for us, or sadly for me as an Arsenal fan, he hasn't got on the score sheet. But luckily for you guys at home, every time he doesn't get on the score sheet, the giveaway goes on for another week. Gives you more of a chance to get involved. Let your pals know. All you need to do is follow us and AFTV. Repost the... Uh, Giveaway tweet. tweet. I get confused now. Can you call them tweets? Because it's not even Twitter anymore. The X. Yeah, because I was like, oh, retweet this tweet. And then I clocked. There's not even a tweet anymore. But who cares? That's neither here nor there. And subscribe to our YouTube. And then yeah. you entered. And you also get loads of great content when you subscribe. So it's a win-win for everyone. And you uh, give yourself a nice chance of uh, winning a signed Gabrielle Martinelli shirt. That's mental. That is mad. That will look very good in your bedroom. I'm sure if you've got In a wife, bedroom, if you, yeah. yeah, if your wife might be very When my happy guy wins that. the Ballon d'Or, you're going to have a Ballon d'Or winning signed shirt. Yeah, and it will have made an appearance on AFTV. So, like, what more can you want? Come Get on. involved, um, because it's a prize definitely worth winning. But today, we are here to talk about the madness that was game week four of the Premier League. And oh my God, there, there were some one. big results. There were some controversial decisions. VAR doing what VAR does every week. Hat tricks out the wazoo. Varsical. Varsical, indeed. But, but well, yeah. actually, I don't think it was that varsical, but we'll get on to that. As we're talking about Martinelli, should we start with the Arsenal Man United game? Yeah, the um, the biggest fixture of the weekend, the highlight. Arguably, the... is it the biggest fixture in English football? No. I think it actually might be. No. What is? Well, like you're talking about bigs in terms of like rivalry. In terms of rivalry, in terms of like always good. Like Chelsea-Liverpool is a good game, but it's always just, like is a good fixture in its on, its pa- on paper, yeah, but, but it's, it's never a good crap. game. Whereas so, like, like, Man United-Arsenal is always just a banger. I, like the, the previous one was Liverpool-City. For me, that yeah. was like for, for three, four years. That was the goat fixture. Just in terms of like quality, the quality yeah. was high. We, we would but watch like, that game. We'd watch that game, and we would literally be like, "It's like yeah. watching a different league." But like the managers want to fucking kiss each other. All the players fancy each other. Like Van Dijk and De Bruyne, his kids go to school together. It just doesn't have like the beef. I think this this fixture it, it had an intensity to it. Mm. You could see uh, on Sunday there was an intensity to this game, which is sort of being sort of sterilised from the Premier League. Mm. Especially with the new rules being introduced where like you only have one person standing in the technical area and also like the players are all hugging and kissing before games without wanting to sound too much like Roy Keane mm. or get headbutted. Um, Did you see that? Mental. So funny. But um, yeah, it is a little bit, we have, might have lost a bit of the grit of the game but perhaps that's just the way it's going. But for me, there was there was an intensity in this game. There was tackles flying in um, and it had, it had all the drama of a great Premier League game. It did. But I don't know whether it is the biggest fixture. It's not the biggest fixture, but it might be the most intense game. Pose that to you. At the beginning of the season, when all the kind of fixtures get announced, and I guess the biggest fixture kind of depends on who you support. But like, as a neutral, what game are you looking at and thinking, when is that? Because that is a banger. Because for me... My two games, yeah, that I'm looking out for. 
are always Man City, Liverpool, and at the minute, Man City, Arsenal. But the problem with Man City, Arsenal is that we get slapped about. Well, when it matters, I'm just kidding. But am I? The uh, Community Shield was obviously a good game, actually. Mm. But when it matters in the Prem, Man City just seem to have too much. They're just they're so in control, aren't they? And they yeah. don't they don't rise to the occasion. They just they are the occasion. But um, they yeah. are the one who knocks. So Arsenal versus Man United, obviously a great result for Arsenal. Banger. Worrying times for Ten Hag Big and time. Man United, even without everything that's surrounding the club at the minute in terms of Jadon Sancho and Anthony. But for me, Mason Greenwood, yeah, yeah. What really struck me in these lineups were Arsenal's lineup is head and shoulders above what is, what Man United's was. They had their back line that started that like was so good last season. Their best back line, yeah. Um, obviously, you you had Jurian Timber out, uh, Thomas Partey's out, Gabriel Jesus has only just recovered uh, from injury, so he only had a short cameo at the end, goal scoring cameo. Um, okay. May United's lineup. A DM pivot of Casemiro and Ericsson. In that's horrendous. In the modern game, I, Jesus I, Christ! Between them, they got as much mobility as my dead now. I think Casemiro is good, but I, I think he's he's take he's regressed since last season. Mm. I think he came with something to prove, and now I don't think he cares as much. If May United control the game, which they actually don't do a lot for a team as big as May United, but if they do, if they play like a really poor team, he's okay. If they get a team that is going to run them around, run them ragged. Casemiro just gets burnt, and so we'll go, I'll start with the goalkeeper as well. Onana has not filled me with confidence since he's joined. Mm. I, I don't. He was a weird one in that game, it, it, and he was every single play started from him. And I get yeah. what they're trying to do, but it, he was so involved. I'm like, you are gonna, you're asking teams to come at you, yeah. which is what they want to do. They want to draw teams forward so they can get the balls in behind. Yeah, for Rashford and for Anthony and mm. even Martial to run onto, but. Arsenal's press was so organised that they weren't allowing the spaces in behind. They were keeping it sort of compact in the middle, with, but drawing the main night players with them. Mm. Onana, he, every time he gets the ball, I'm worried. Because I think he's going to try to do some step-overs and whatever. He does have a bit of that bozo gene, anyway. It's like, you will cock it up. I don't, and his shot stop is good. And I think he made a couple of decent saves. But like he's nowhere near He's nowhere near an Allison. I don't even think he's better than Edison. Oh, he's definitely not better than Edison. So, like... That's, I'd say he's probably on Ramsdale's level. He's worse shot stopper than De Gea, though. Yeah, but way better ball player. Yeah, and I, it's obviously important to the game. Um, their back four was Aaron Wan-Bissaka. Yep. They had uh, Lindelof. Yep. Who was... He was all right, but that, that dodgy... Not really inspired. Not yeah. really inspired. Uh, him and his partner in defence, uh, Lissandro Martinez, two silly yellow cards, which almost lost in the game, in the sense, because they both went off. Yep. Um, left back Diego Dallo who I thought was actually quite good had a good game yeah yeah thought he kept Saka quiet to an extent mm-hmm. but yeah that midfield of Casemiro and uh, Ericsson just it's got nothing going for it yeah nothing going for it Bruno Fernandes I thought was alright I thought he was fucking shit I think he, he's I always wanna, he, I want to get on Bruno Fernandes even Kevin De Bruyne calls him the best playmaker in the league he is so bad like every time I watch him I swear all he does is little jogs between sitting on the floor and moaning. He'll lose the ball, sit on the floor, floor moan that he should have been given a foul, and then jog a bit, get the ball, should have been fouled again, sit on the floor. It's like, mate, you are the captain of Main Night Football Club, arguably the biggest club in the world. You should be dictating every single game by yourself, pretty much. You should be that guy. 
Roy Keane was that guy. Ryan Giggs was that guy. Paul Scholes was that guy. You're meant to be this guy. And you were when he first came into the team. He was dictating games by himself. What's happened to him? Well, behind him, he's got Casemiro and Eriksen, which we already said is uh, like it's it's no good. It's like how that, can they have invested so much money and got worse? There and then they had Marcus Rashford on the left, which is fine in his best position. Um, he looked dangerous at times, but didn't really get enough. They didn't have enough of the ball to sort of allow him to do what he has to do. Mm. Anthony on the right, I don't really Waste know man. what he does. Waste man. Apart from maybe attack people, um, specifically females. But he he gets the ball. You just show him onto his onto his right foot, and he can't do anything. He's not strong either, so he's not like Saka. He's not if, fast either. If you're like not that Saka's one footed, but you know what Saka wants to do. He wants to cut inside on his left, but he's so strong. That but he Saka, can't... Saka can beat players. I've ne- I haven't yet to see Anthony actually like take people on consistently. Yeah, well Saka's not very good at like one on one skills, which is what Anthony has, but. It's all good doing that, but you need to be strong enough that, like, if they can't body to body, yeah, you can spin around them. He's so weak that he just gets fucking pushed about like a little batty. And then you've got Martial starting up top, which is... Which, in 2023, is a myth. Because the guy's... He's washed. He he should go to, like, Besiktas He should be in Saudi Arabia right now. And then, on the bench, yeah, I looked through that bench, and I I went, you've got Holgeland on the bench, which... He looked all right when he, he came on. He actually looked really good. I was actually quite impressed. Yeah, he looked. He really, yeah, he did look good when he came on. Um, Garnacho was good as well when he came on, but the rest of that bench was stinky. Yeah, and it's like you've obviously I know you've got injuries to Mason Mount, to Rafael Varane, um, and you signed in Amrabat. Amrabat as well. Who else they got missing? I don't even know. They're where's just... Jaden Sancho? Oh, yeah, Jay, where's Jaden Sancho? But yeah, and even though those well, three has played back in, squad, yeah. it's still not. Like yeah. I don't think Mason Mount being in that team would have made a difference to the game. No. Um, the only one that I think would have made a difference is Holland was on from the start, but probably yeah. wasn't fit enough to. Mm. Uh, and yeah, Varane definitely would be starting. And so if you maybe and Luke Shaw, sorry, Luke Shaw. Yeah, that's so true. So yeah, Varane, Luke Shaw, and you bring Mason Mount in and start Holland. I think this game is different. And mm. so maybe you have to look at it with those sort of respective glasses. But Arsenal also missing Urien Timber, Thomas, Thomas Party. Yeah. They had a semi-fit Gabriel Jesus. But for the most part, it was pretty much the team that started the uh, season last year, uh, with the exception of Jacob and Rice. Mm. Uh, sorry, uh, Havertz and Rice. Yeah. So, for me, it was Arsenal were at a much higher strength than Man United, but I won't. I wasn't fully impressed with Arsenal. I don't think we were that good. I think you rested on your laurels a bit. I think you dominated the game, but you didn't do too much with it. I texted Katie and I was like, if we don't win this game, I'm going to be fuming. Because this is like the first time in a while that I've gone into an Arsenal versus May United game. Just so confident. I was like, we are so much better than them. Every game I've watched of them this season, they've looked terrible. And every game I've watched of us, I haven't been like impressed majorly by any of the games we've played. But we've just consistently played at a 7 or 8 out of 10. And those games were with Mikel Arteta experimenting. I know yeah, he, exactly. I know he's sort of dismissed that. He's not experimenting. But for me, you're playing party at right back when you've got Ben White. Like, I, I yeah. don't really know. Like, Ben White is the best right back. I just think now. our base level is so much higher than theirs. And so I wasn't stressed going into the game. And as the game grew on, we weren't converting our chances. Like, that uh, one that Havertz missed in, like, 20th minute or something where he completely scuffed his shot um, Declan Rice missed an open header so I was like Gabriel oh. missed one as well I think like the more and more that was happening I was like oh, all they're going to do is counter attack and get a Marcus Rashford goal which is what they did but luckily immediately after 
we put together one of the nicest it passages. Was, of it was play. brilliant. Man United were caught like Slack, unaware, weren't they? Mate. And yeah, put together a nice little one-two between Martinelli. They do and say you're most vulnerable when you just scored. And Odegaard finished that. What a boy! And then from then onwards, we just completely dominated the game. But but you didn't make it count. I don't. I don't know. I just don't. As much as I like Nketiah, and I think he's a really good finisher, and I, I do really like what he does. He puts in a lot of effort. I don't see him like shy shy away from the game. He's always throwing himself about, bullying defenders. But you saw when Gabriel Jesus comes on, the difference. He just attracts football. Like around him, players kind of panic because they don't know what he's going to do. He's so unpredictable. He's so techy on the ball that he can make chances out of nothing. The ball sticks to him like a magnet. And so when he gets the ball in the final third, yeah, you might not be worried that he's going to fucking put it in the bottom corner every time like Nketiah will, but he is going to attract so many more chances. And I think as well, he's, he's just a yeah, chance magnet. Gabriel Jesus is much smarter in the build-up. Mm. His position is better. He knows where he has to be. And that's not even just for him to be able to create a goal scoring opportunity for himself, but to get players like Martinelli, uh, Odegaard into positions where they're going to have time and space to take a shot mm. or they, they're going to have open space coming at the back post like he knows he, he he thinks about the game on a much higher level than Nketiah does and whether that's just experience or he, that's his just natural ability probably a bit of both he does bring something way different to this team yeah Um. let's talk about Kai Havertz this is his fourth game week now and I'm yet to see anything which suggests that he is going to suddenly become good yeah Wallahi I want him to be good because I've, I've slandered him for so long and I'd love the story that he comes to Arsenal, brings it back. But And every game so far in the Prem, I put a bet on him to score. Just just to kind of like egg it on a little Vindicate bit. Vindicate it, yeah. And he's let me down every single time. And I'm watching the game. I think he was okay in this game. I thought last game against Fulham, he was terrible. He was slightly better in this game, but still... I don't know if he's just trying too hard. I saw Dimitar Berbatov come out and say um, that he wants Havertz to succeed, but at the moment he sees Havertz as like trying too hard. Yeah, he's not he's trying to it... force it to happen. Whereas like yeah. when he was at Leverkusen, he was young, had like no kind of weight on his shoulders. I think he's definitely free. feeling the pressure. And I think since he's moved to the Prem, the whole Chelsea move was like 70 mil to one of the biggest teams in the world. That automatically is a pressure move. And then... He's had a shit time there. Basically lived off a Champions League goal. And then we buy him to kind of like, kind of restart his career. So there's a new level of pressure going to like London rivals as well. So I think he's had a lot of pressure on him, on him during his time in England, but he's either got to get over that pressure or use that pressure to his advantage because at the moment he's not doing enough. I, I, I look at it and I think, I, I know what, Mikel Arteta is trying to do as well like Man City's team are massive they are, they're all like six foot freaks in nature yeah. and he's trying to replicate that to a sense he brought in Declan Rice Julian Timber's not small either like he's not small for a, a wing back anyway mm. um, Havertz is a, is a quite a big player he is he, and he, he wins jewels yeah he's not he's not bad he can t- and he can bring the ball down he's a platform to play off I just wonder though like Emil Smith-Rowe, would he not be just more effective in that eight role? Like, you dominate games so yeah. much. You've got Declan Rice as that uh, screen in front of your back four. Oh, God. You've got uh, like fantastic defensive line of Gabriel, Saliba, Ben White, Zinchenko, or whoever plays in there. Do You You don't need... Like, how about in doing defensive work anyway? And Smith-Rowe is better on the ball. I think he's got more output than Havertz. Mm. 
give him time. I do or even Fabio Vieira, mate. He's yeah, class. Come on, come on. Come on. He's he class. Is, he is, isn't he? And he's not really had an opportunity apart from coming off the bench. And when he comes off the bench, he delivers. I think he's four assists in four benches, yeah. like sub appearances. Yeah. So for me, I think it's time just to maybe say, look, Kai, sit back a minute. Yeah. Come on and be that, that man who could change the game for a bit mm. until you get your confidence back. You come off the bench, you score a couple goals over a couple games. I'm hoping it's different. when Champions League rolls through and FA Cup and Carabao Cup start rolling through and there's more games a week that he will start tinkering. Maybe we see Smith Rowe have a really good Champions League night or because Champions League's on and he wants to use Havertz in the Champions League, we see Smith Rowe in the Prem or etc. So I think once we start playing more than once a week, it's changes, he's going to yeah. have to start using the dynamic does change. Yeah, the squad a bit more. But, but yeah, um, very interesting. Um, talk about the Declan Rice goal. So it comes from a corner at this stage of the game. How are Man United in 2023 playing a centre back pairing? Johnny Evans. Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire. Uh, it's because Lissandro Martinez and Lindelof picked up silly yellow cards. Well, Lindelof wasn't silly. They just got caught out, didn't they? And he made a tackle. Uh, so funny, though. Like, boot, Johnny Evans and fucking. But yeah, Maguire. I think Lindelof actually went off due to illness or something as well. Like mm. that was what they stated anyway. But uh, yeah, Johnny Evans and Harry Maguire, you're asking for trouble. I actually don't mind Johnny Evans. I think he's all right. He's just nowhere near. But he's not top six standard. Top, yeah, he can't be um, playing Man United. And yeah, so you're watching the build up to the goal. And initially, I thought Johnny Evans was being fouled by Gabriel. But then you, I watched back the the entire replay, and you see he's Jocelyn with Gabriel. It's basically fifty fifty. Yeah, like you can't you can't argue about. He's it. just angry that and he's Harry Maguire, spending his Harry time. Harry Maguire is just standing there watching it. <laughs> so and and Harry like, Maguire's a joker, man. How is Declan Rice getting that much time? Yeah, that's the thing. Like, so like, Man United are angry that they've let him have that time. It's not that they're angry. There's a foul or whatever. No, but I th- that's what they're, cl- they're clutching at. They're yeah, saying they're... that oh, it should have been a foul. It should have been whatever. It's not. You, but it you're angry the first that place. you've let the goal scorer at the back post have like 10 minutes to so that was obviously but before that Man United had a goal disallowed for offside they sort of caught Arsenal semi-lacking potentially a little bit fortunate I don't know like he gets that past not microsecond earlier he's through I thought it was a really good finish from him yeah yeah. and it was brilliant play um I've seen a lot of Man United fans saying the lines don't line up. Um, I'm st- I've learned that a lot of Man United linear fans lines, yeah, linear don't, lines, don't yeah. understand how parallel lines work. Yeah, or just how perspective works. Just go back to year six maths. Do just some trigonometry. Spec savers. Yeah, yeah. So bad. The problem is though, I, I looked at it and I was like, oh, it's just a bit boring though, isn't it? Like, now, it saves me a heart attack. Anytime someone scores, it's like, wait for the referee to decide if we can celebrate or not. And it, it takes yeah. it out of it. And for me, I'm starting to, I was pro VAR to a point I was like if they can get it working I understand it, it makes yeah. games fairer but it does, it's taking a little bit of the beauty out of it, the it is a little bit wank like if I was a Man United fan I'd be so gutted but as an Arsenal fan seeing that get chalked off because I actually thought it was offside the moment it happened and then it took them ages and I was like they're going to fucking find an angle where he's onside they're but we, fucking, we've strayed I know they so will. far from it being only used when it's clear and obvious error yeah. if that's given on the pitch that's not a clear and obvious error because it's not clear yeah. and it's not obvious like, you play that goal 10 times out of 10 without VAR and it's probably given 7 times out of yeah. 10 so it's not but then is it like it was only let through because the linesman is told not to put his flag up like would the which alignment... is also stupid because yeah. the linesman put their flag up don't put their flag up and players go in for tackles and shit and they're going to end yeah. up getting injured which but like, is that's another like every goal if we're saying don't put the flag up then we're saying every goal is pretty much 
a goal because you haven't put the flag up. You can't retrospectively put the flag up. Yeah, it's, have, it's, 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 it, it needs to be worked nah, out. But what are we like three, four seasons now with VAR and we're still having just simple issues. And like, why can't they provide a second camera angle to mm. dismiss all this? Do you know what I mean? Mm. Why are we not getting savvy to the communication that's going on behind the scenes? Like, if you want us to sit there and wait for five minutes for you to make a decision, Why at least let us know what you're talking about. Come on. Like, it's, it's, it is getting to a point where it's just like, is it just Mike Dean just like doing his mates a favour or whatever? Like, you see, he was on the punditry team. Oh, uh, I was just like, referees, yeah, they wally. are not the stars of the game. They are not wally. the stars of the game. Like, they are overprotected. They are far overprotected. And they, f- and like, the referees that think they're superstars, They look like Nazis. I, I don't know about that. But like, Really, my whole day. The best referees are the ones that you don't notice in the game. Yeah, they allow the games to flow. They they're on with their decisions, and you, they're understandable. They don't make a big fuss about things. Mm. I, you shouldn't notice referees there. And for me, they're way too protected now. Like I don't I don't like this thing where players can't go up to them. I understand what they're doing, but like, I, there's I like there's like three. There's you can't have what like you can't be like a second player talking to referee yeah. now you get I a think, book yeah in. if you're the third one or something yeah if you're the third player like what are you meant to do just oh sorry like go up to your teammate you drag him over and say sorry it's my time to talk to him yeah like we're losing that bit of that bit of viciousness in the game the which makes bite. it good yeah. and I understand that we need to be able to protect our players and our referees and referees shouldn't go home and get death threats and stuff but is this helping yeah exactly but yeah for me the, they, the VAO team got it right they got every decision right. The Havertz penalty was it a penalty? Because um, if you, the only thing I don't understand about that is like, if it's not a penalty, then why is he not given for a dive? Yeah, but like, how is he not meant to go down? He gets like sandwiched by two players. So then, is it a penalty? What is? Is it like if you go down in the box under contact? Is it a pen? Even if it's reasonable contact, yeah. But if he's got the ball, if he's got the ball and he's played it through, and he's in control of the ball, and then he gets sandwiched out of the ball. Well, that's what I'm saying. I think it's a pen. But then, if that's a pen, then Eze against you was a pen. Yeah, I I suppose. Do you know what I mean? It's the same. But then also, then on the flip side, if he's already going down or he's looking for the contact, why is it not Mm. a yellow card? Yeah, I don't know. The rules, the rules are too unclear. Same with. the looting game. Why is that not a penalty for, against uh, James Ward Prowse? Mm. The ball clearly comes off his arm, and I know he can't see the flight of the ball. But does the law not state that if the arm is outside the body's natural silhouette, then it's a penalty? It does. State any that. contact, and they changed that from any contact with the arm, which was absolute rubbish because you could literally have your arms behind your back, and if you yeah. turned or whatever, or like, I don't know. But that's a, that. Like the rules are unclear. And they are not consistent. And that's what pisses people off about VAR. But um, should we talk about what this means for Man United? Yeah. What does it mean for Man United? We said Ten Hag out You said by, Ten Hag by I Christmas. I said Ten Hag And Corridor out. said Ten Hag by Christmas. And but it's looking like we might be right. I don't think so. I'm seeing turmoil in the camp. I'm seeing... There's just not a lot of good stuff going on about Man United Beef right in now. the camp. I'm seeing... I mean, they're paying for like half the wages of Mason Greenwood... James yeah. Sancho's out here beefing the manager. He's going to be on that fucking... What's that? Um, Piers Morgan show. No, the, the kind of... is a different Neek. Um, Life of a CEO. <laughs> that had Ivan Tony on it. And Jesse Lingard. He's going to be on there soon. 
Yeah. Stephen Bartlett, is that his name? Oh, maybe, yeah. But the thing is, it's like, they have spent a lot of money and people are complaining that the Glazers aren't putting money back in. Mm. But they've bought Anthony last season, which was like £70. The season before that, they bought in Jadon Sancho, yeah. which was like, what, 60, 70 million anyway. They bought in a Hollywood for, what was it, 65 all, yeah, million? All of them, about 70 million. Um, who else? Uh, Mason, Mason Mount, Mount 60, 60 million. million. Yeah. Uh, Onana, what, 45 million. Uh, where's Malassia? They bought him in last season. for It wasn't expensive, but they still yeah. bought him in. Um, they're paying the wages of someone like uh, Casemiro, Varane, who can't be cheap wages. Yeah, they've got to be about 300 grand each. It's not like they're not getting anyone. Yeah. They're keeping hold of uh, Mason Greenwood. They still uh, not Mason Greenwood, Ma- um, Marcus Rashford. <laughs> they are keeping hold of Mason Greenwood, which is <laughs> disgusting. Yeah. But yeah, they're yeah. keeping Fuck Gatafe every yeah. single time. All my homies hate Gatafe. Did you see uh, Sergio Ramos? Yeah. Yeah, let's hope he does a favour. Him or Jude, just go um, crunch him. But yeah, it, like they still got Marcus Rashford on their books when he was getting sniffed at by like PSG and everyone. They've got Bruno Fernandes still, who would probably get a move to another top six club or Real Madrid or someone yeah. like that. They're, they're keeping hold of their players for a reason because they're getting paid enough money. Yeah, they're bringing in players. So like, I don't understand this. I don't understand. I think this. my issue with Man United is the recruitment is so poor, and so they've invested loads. But for me, their squad isn't. I don't know if it, I could categorise it as worse than a couple of years ago under Oli, but I'd say it's still like five or six players away from getting to Liverpool, Arsenal, Man City level. I think with their I don't I think they've got like... a settled squad at all, like a settled first eleven, and I don't think they have a good enough depth. So there's still about five or six transfers For away. For me, like, I think it would be unproven, but when they get their back four back, so they've got Onana, they've got Wan-Bissaka, Varane, Lissandro Martinez, and uh, Luke Shaw, I think that's, that's decent. That's not bad at all. That's a, that's a back four that can challenge for top four. Mm-hmm. They get a midfield pairing going of like Amrabat and Casemiro with Bruno in there. I think that's good. Actually, like Amrabat's still a bit unproven. He had a really good World Cup, mm. um, and by all accounts, he was really good at Fiorentina, and he had a lot of clubs sniffing around him. But absolutely, Popper Premier League's a different beast in the um, Europa League. Um, and then yeah, they've got options of bringing in Mason Mount. Mm. Rashford's a really good option on the left. Holland, we were uh, pretty impressed with. It's so that right hand side. Anthony doesn't do it for me, but for me, the team it will be better when they have all their players back. It's not it's not a crazy thing to say, is it? The team's going to be better when they have all their players back, but I don't think it's a finished article yet. Mm. And I think the style of play he's trying to implement is probably one that takes a very long time. And he hasn't had the players there. Like, he had to adapt it last season because he couldn't do what he wants to do with De Gea. Yeah, maybe. So I'm not inspired. But yeah, it's, and, but it's got to happen quick. It's got to change quick because... Things can go sour very, yeah, very quickly. The fans are circling the... Um, what, what games should we talk about next? Should we take a little break and then talk about the hat-trick heroes? We'll talk about the hat-trick heroes. A hat-trick of hat-tricks. A hat-trick of hat-tricks indeed. Which My one should we boy, start? Evan Ferguson. What guy? What a fucking guy. He is crazy. Fortunately, injured for international duty. Yeah, I think it's probably one of those injuries. But uh, I've seen a lot of England fans hoping that he will do, follow... Jack Grealish, Declan yeah. Rice, I don't, Jude I Bellingham. See, I can't see him. In, uh, nah. uh, he, he seems yeah. like he's very much, and I respect him for it. Um, Hoivish. But he is so good. He's fucking... He is outrageous. He's that guy, isn't he? he like, 
He's, Harry Kane regen, bro. He's just the way he moves. He's so big and powerful, but he's elegant. Yeah, he's he's kind of like Harlem, but a bit more elegant. And I love it. I think he's so good. He's switched on all eighteen the time. years old, mate. He's crazy. Yeah, he's switched on all the time. He he's not afraid to take a shot from distance. We saw him pop a couple in. He's good with both feet. He's got a good head on him. Like it's just he's a monster. He's got all the attributes there. Yeah, to go on and be one of the top, top, top strikers in the world. And he's playing under a fantastic manager yes. and a fantastic Brighton team who've just gone and beaten Eddie Howe's semi-high-fly in Newcastle 3-1. And what a game. They were outrageous. Brighton was so, so good. Brighton absolutely battered them. I've made a note on the game here. I put, are Newcastle overrated? They've had a really hard start to the season. I mean, how they... Lose a one 0 lead. Was it one 0 lead to Liverpool with Liverpool, ten men? 10 men yeah. Stinks. That's outrageous. That's a stinker. The one 0 loss to Man City is fair enough. Yeah, that's fair enough. And three one to Brighton. Any team can get pumped by Brighton. They are one of the best teams in the league. Yeah. But the manner of it just didn't fill me with confidence. Like three one makes it seem closer than it was. Newcastle got a consolation goal in the ninety fifth minute or yeah. whatever it was. Callum Wilson. Brighton should have scored more. It should have been about five one. Yeah, and for me it was a semi-tactical masterclass from the Zerbi. I thought mm. the way Brighton set up is, is the way they set up every game but they had slight changes in their system which allowed them to negate the players that have an impact like their midfield the midfield of uh, Tonali and Bruno got absolutely shaked they couldn't do anything they mm. had no influence on the game um, they kept Trippier really quiet as well yeah I've put if, they, if Newcastle don't overpower teams physically what do they actually do? They they can't they can't play against a better press than this. Yeah, do they have? Do that is their oh, sorry, style a pre- of play a, a, a team that's press resistant or even tactically more astute? Like, if they're getting played around or if like Brighton did, do they have a remedy that isn't just less physically outmuscle you? I I I don't know. I, I'm yet to see them sort of play differently to how they do. They seem to have a plan A. Yeah. And which is good against like that's why they batter most like teams below them because most got teams better quality all you need and, to do is yeah. have slightly better quality and then physically just dominate them and you win pretty much every game. But if they're trying to get into the big six and like Brighton are, you need physically to be dominant like Man City are, but also have the tech, which is what Arsenal and Man City have, have the tech to go with the physical dominance. But you, like and also be able to switch it up and it's right, this isn't working. How can we play against mm. that? Because Brighton are maybe the most press-resistant team in the Premier League. Yeah, they're sexy. Like, there's no team that's better at playing out of tight spaces than Brighton. Mm. Um, and yeah, they're, they're, they're press-resistant. We spoke about this last year. The rondos on the pitch, it's just consistent, isn't it? And it's it's so beautiful to watch. They are so, so good. And sometimes it doesn't work and it can really blow up in their face. And we've seen it happen. We well, they lose five one to Everton or something. Five one to Everton, and they lost three one to West Ham. That was it. Yeah, they had like twenty percent possession. Yeah, exactly. So, but it, it can, can go, go wrong. wrong. Yeah, and when it goes wrong, it does look kind of spectacular. But yeah, they're they're just so. I'd so rather good. lose spectacularly like once or twice a season and get scalps like beating Newcastle three one, beating as, Arsenal what four two. And as a as a Arsenal fan, who are you more scared about playing? Brian. No, no, not out of Brighton, Newcastle. Oh. Out of Brighton, Liverpool and Spurs. Brighton, Liverpool and Spurs. Spurs least. Um, probably still Liverpool. I think I still have like Liverpool trauma. Yeah. Whereas like Brighton, 
I think we are better than them. It, like, they caught us last season at the end when, like, the whole season was capitulating. And at that point, it was like no one had anything to play for. All Everyone was in the changing room crying. So, but when we played them at the, like, midway of the season where we were in good form and they were in good form, it was a really good game, but we bodied them off the pitch. I think it finished, like, 4-2 or whatever. But, um, so I do think we're better than them. Whereas Liverpool, we had a good game against them last season. Um... But it was shaky. And so I think Liverpool is my main worry out of those three. And then Brighton and Spurs. I think Liverpool are better than last season as well. Liverpool it's only, are it's, better than last season. Yeah, it's, mm. it's, it's early doors. but um, I, think they're, I think they're 18 games without a loss at the moment or something they like that. They are also just I think they're looking terrifying on like the pitch. They're like the best form team in the world. At I the mean, if, they, I can, if they can stave off uh, Saudi and keep Salah... Yeah, if they lose Salah, that is a madness. We'll talk about that. We're going to be releasing a transfer window rating video on Saturday. Come on. So uh, stick around for that. We will talk about potential loss of Salah to Saudi and how that might impact Liverpool. But for me, they keep him. I like Darwin Nunes a lot. I think he brings a lot to the team. And Luis Diaz as well, is he's exceptional. And then they've got the likes of Jota to bring off the bench. Yeah. like it's... No, I think Liverpool are good. Um, but yeah, I think Brighton... They're a scary team. Yeah, they are a scary team. But yeah, Evan Ferguson, you're a top, top player. And I, ju- I, ju- I just want him to... I want him to come to Arsenal. I want him to just keep smashing it. He's fantastic. Let's talk about another man who uh, managed to get a cheeky little three-pointer, a little hat-trick against uh, Finster Company's Burnley. Burnley looks shit. Burnley are in trouble. I thought they would be all right. But even that first game against Man City, I know they lost it. They looked all right. But they looked all right. But they are getting progressively worse. Like, I just, all, like fair play Spurs. I think I've, I've got another note here. Made some notes on the football this weekend. Are Spurs playing the best football in the league? Pose that to everybody out there. Because I think Arsenal's fo- uh, like football isn't like particularly great at the moment. Worse than last season. I don't think Man City's is like particularly like better than last season or worse than last I think season. They're, I think they're trying to find a way to go forward. Without, I think maybe without, it's, it's Liverpool or Spurs for me. Or Brighton. Maybe Brighton, yeah. But um, yeah, I really like what Spurs are doing. Um, I think it all stems from, finally, there's another note I've got here, finally, they have a balanced midfield. We've been saying it for ages. Fuck off three at the back. Fuck off playing two midfielders because they haven't got anyone that's good enough quality. Just play with three in the middle and watch how good you'll be. Finally, you've got Basuma as a deep-lying guy who he looks is fantastic. Mate, probably one of the best players of the season at the moment. Next to him, they've binned off Oli Skip, thank God. They're playing that Matis Saar guy. I like him. Yep. I think he could be upgraded on. I think, yeah, Bentacle maybe. Yeah, 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 that's a good shout when Bentacle comes in. Maybe swap him out. And then Madison, who summer signing for of me, the season. Yeah, for me, what a guy. best value sign of the season. Absolutely dictating... He's doing what Harry Kane was doing creatively, but where is but, but where Harry Kane dropped deep and so they'd lose a striker, you've got Madison doing it, and then Son's there, so you still have your striker, and Son's so good. He dipped off last season, but Son is quality. Yeah, I don't think it was ever really doubt that Son was going to be good again at some point. And I hope he can continue this on because I actually like Sonny. He's yeah. like one of my favourite players in the And brand. I think once you've got Madison feeding Son, you've got two wingers that are actually... Decent wingers in Kuliseski and Solomon. Yeah, I like Solomon as well. Yeah, I think he had a good game. I think Solomon's decent. And so I think, yeah. And Adogi as well, really impressed. Yeah. Um, 
I still a little bit like the defense isn't solid, but in a game where especially they get a, an injury, I think they're going to outscore teams and all power to them. That's yeah, and I, and I like think it. that's what Spurs fans wanted. They, uh, uh, they yeah, wanted yeah, to uh, just watch football that was attacking and exciting Fun, to watch because yeah. after a year of like Conte and then Mourinho before that, it's just, just it must be yeah. Pages, yeah. But yeah, and Humanson, he is. An outrageous player of the day, and his his goal scoring form never really dropped off for the national team. Mm. It was just that he, last season Spurs were just so poor, and they didn't know their best formation, they didn't know their best team, and it was the Harry Kane show. And that Harry Kane, it was nothing. Yeah, and I think this year, if we if we make Son the main man, he will score goals. Yeah, and I've been you, offered Charleston as the striking option, and I'd, yeah. I'd play Son up top all the time. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, Charleston, I don't know what's happened to him, but. He's got to do it now or never. It's not really a better opportunity now that Harry Kane's left for him yeah. to sort of stake his claim as an actual Premier League footballer. But um, yeah, Human Son, what an absolute guy! <laughs> what an absolute. I think he's John Stone's favorite player as well. I saw a little oh, uh, video of John really? Stone's being like, "I love Sonny. Sonny is, is just the that. nicest guy." Fucking hate that. But um, yeah, no, Human Son's a sick guy, man. Just fucking stop kissing each other's players, man. Just beef people. Yeah, I do like it when they beef people, though. Like but, um, I don't oh, really... you know you know when Son and Lloris beef. Yeah, or like yeah. do you know like now Mikel Antonio and, and Richardson have beef? <laughs> yeah. Because um Mikel Antonio dug him out on his podcast. I love shit like that. I don't like that Premier League footballers have a podcast, like, come on, stay in, like, <laughs> Do one thing, stop fucking taking up every avenue yeah. to make money. <laughs> Jesus Christ. But um yeah, I, just a little bit beef. Stop kissing like yeah. yeah, stop kissing each other. Come on. Um, but yeah, humans on and Spurs—they're looking good. They're looking they are. Good. I'm still—they're they're yet to be really tested. I think. Well, after the international break, Arsenal have got Everton. I think Spurs have got fuck knows who, and then it's a North London derby. That's gonna be a game to watch. Sorry. That's gonna be such a good game. Get on that. And uh, yeah, I can't wait. The uh, final hat trick that we want to talk about is yeah. obviously if we were talking hat tricks. If there's a hat-trick of hat-tricks in the Premier League, this guy is not not going to be involved. He's replicated his goal-scoring form exactly to what happened last season, Is he mental. Yeah, I so Erling Haaland, I didn't even realise he got a hat-trick because I think that his last goal was in like the 94th minute. Or yeah. Whatever. And so I was obviously like every single human on the planet, I had him captured in fantasy. And I was like, oh, two goals is all right. I think he had two goals and an assist. And I was like, oh, that's all right. But I was looking at um, Son and I was like, yeah, yeah, um, but then he got another goal and I was like, this guy's just tapped. He's just too good, man. It's not really fair. Yeah. Um, but Fulham, obviously, they managed to keep Palinho on deadline day, which was... Yeah. But I don't know how happy he is that he didn't get a move to yeah. Bayern Munich to he play He wasn't playing that game, which I think just helped Man City majorly. Yeah. Also, did you see Man City's Nathan Ake goal, which was definitely offside, just yeah. got given? Yeah, even Haaland said that. Like, yeah, he, he came out human, yeah. in the interview and was like, yeah. And I was like, what is going on? VAR is a whole topic for another day. We're going to do a video on that because uh, I want to shout about it. But um, yeah, Haaland is just going to win the Ballon d'Or. Not the Ballon d'Or. He actually through. might win the might Ballon d'Or. Yeah, 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 but yeah. is he going to score more goals than last season? Yeah. I think so as well. I think the quality of the teams in the lower half of the Premier League is, is actually worse, worse yeah. than last season. Yeah. The bottom, I mean, the, the promoted teams... I think Watford, uh, we're from Watford, obviously, but Watford must be thanking their lucky stars that they're not in the Prem because they used to get slapped up by Man City regularly, like 6-7-0, and that was without Haaland. I think if Haaland came across, stumbled across a little Watford, he'd be bagging five or six. 
Yeah, I mean, but like, Luton were unlucky to uh, to lose to West Ham, I think. Yeah, I don't think they were that bad that game. I was quite impressed with Carlton Morris as well. I think he's actually a very good player. Mm. Um, but yeah, West Ham were good. West Ham, Paquetta, I was really impressed with. I think he's going to have a really good season. Um, but they were unlucky, but they're, they're just struggling. I don't, I don't see it getting better for them anytime soon. Sheffield United were actually not bad against Everton. Uh, Cameron Archer is a fantastic signing. I rate yeah, him so highly. Um, they were fortunate with the goal that sort of bounced off Pickford and in. Pickford's in my fantasy team, and I, I I just don't understand how it can go so wrong. I think Pickford's such a. Do you see the fucking? So he did a save and like yeah. The, like, was like, I was like, you're such a fucking tosser, mate. Like, oh mate, he, I, your team is battling relegation again. You've just drawn two all to a newly promoted team. Why are you giving lip? Like, who, who are you? He, Everton are in big trouble. They're in big yeah, trouble. They lost Alex Iwobi as well. The only reason I didn't want them to get relegated is because I like Sean Dyche. Yeah, I don't even care about that anymore. I hope they get relegated. Beto looked quite good when uh, he did actually. Yeah, he was he was quite yeah. dangerous. Um, but yeah, and then they uh, lost Iwobi as well. He's on to Fulham. Yeah, yeah. So that's another reason I like. Who them was less. the other promoted team? Burnley. They're just. They're, I just don't see any hope for these three promoted teams. The only hope they have is that Everton are worse than them. Yeah, and Everton then I don't, and Wolves I, maybe are pretty stinky. Wolves are scoring goals though. Yeah, and and they're looking competitive. Yeah, so like Gary O'Neill for you, Gary O'Neill for you, and I just don't see three teams worse than the three promoted teams apart from Everton, maybe. No, but I think Everton I, will like grind out a few results that they just shouldn't do. Yeah, because it's Sean Dyke probably against Arsenal, which yeah. is what normally like, happens. And I, I yeah, we've, me, we've actually got them next game, so that'd be great after international break. Yeah, but yeah, I don't know, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you very much for listening to us ramble about football for the past 40 or so minutes. It's international break now, which is sad. We've got to deal with Gareth Southgate and his fucking boring... You see the rumours that Pep... Yeah, it like, yeah, reeks a little bit, doesn't it? Of it, kind of like, I don't know, some but FA the propaganda. The source was just like some like Twitter account. Yeah. And then I, I read it and it was like the Daily Mail's like... Yeah. Or like... There's just no way sports. the FA would go anywhere near Pep. Why would Pep like, want to manage England? Yeah. Like, or maybe because he wants to like win everything in world football. Yeah. But like, surely you get so bored. Mm. Like, you you only get to manage like once every... Yeah, I don't think it'd like satiate him enough to like no. manage that little. And also like, how like intricate and everything how's his tactics are. You can't impart, impart that in like yeah. two weeks every fucking... That's why you get tournament managers. Yeah, exactly. Like, I don't know. But yeah, Gareth Southgate may be leaving after the Euros, but maybe we will talk about that over the international break. Yeah. Uh, England having Ukraine and Scotland, mm. which are two very exciting games. Yeah. Hope you enjoyed. Don't forget to get involved in the Martinelli shirt giveaway. Don't even need to be an Arsenal fan. Just retweet the post, follow us on AFTV and subscribe to the channel. If you win it and you're not an Arsenal fan, fucking bosh it on eBay, mate. We don't care. Or give it to someone. Or give it to know. me. I'd really like it to be fair but for like not the, the way no get but yeah just crumbles. get involved find an Arsenal fan give it to them a hunky dory thank you very much for watching guys it's been Board Draw episode number 60 and it's live